The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Mr. Steve Gardner, are you with us? I sure am, Chris. How are you? I'm doing amazing. How are you post uh, All-Star break? I'm, I'm worn down, to tell you the truth. Uh, Did he get like, that extra pulled pork sandwich for me? Travel troubles or, or anything. Um, you want to hear, uh, hear about football, right? I, I do want to hear about football, but like, <laughs> here's what I do need, though. Like, mm-hmm. do you have any behind-the-scenes stuff? Because you were behind it all. I saw you were, you were tweeting out everything. And people, follow, people should be following Steve on Twitter, by the way, Steve A. Gardner. You were tweeting out. Uh, you guys were on the field. You were in the back area. You guys did, you guys did a sim of the All-Star game, like, right <laughs> before it happened. So do you have a couple, like, maybe behind-the-scenes highlights that maybe you know, people might not know about or you just thought were interesting from the All-Star game? Um, let's see. I, I, I mean... People, I'm sure people know this already, but Chris Archer is such an amazing young man. Uh, I, I, I went up to him and, and talked and did some of the interview stuff that I needed to do and got some uh, opinions on him, and I turned my tape recorder off, and somebody else asked him another question, and it becomes super interesting, his answer there. So I turn it back on, and I, I record him and, and have him talking about that, and I said, okay, i got to move to somebody else. i got to get these work. And then somebody else asked him another answer interesting question and he starts talking about things the guy's amazing and uh, if he doesn't have a future in in tv or whatever after he's done um then my goodness we're we're uh, the tv executives need to have their heads examined so i mean he's fantastic the other thing too is that aaron judge is 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 just as impressive um with i think the media loves him just as much as as the fans seem to uh, that's another thing. His his locker was just crawling with uh, with all sorts of media members, and uh, it was impossible for him. He was the star. I think obviously with the home run derby, he's the guy. But um, but he was even the star in the the game last night, and he went 0 for three and didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that incredible to too? To isn't that incredible that isn't it incredible in yeah. Miami where you have Giancarlo Stanton? Who, a hometown boy, and Aaron Judge, who's like the new Giancarlo Stanton, he's the big star of the event. Stanton yeah, looked exactly. like he was glad it was over. <laughs> he, he seemed to enjoy it, I thought. And, uh, I mean, he doesn't, I don't know, that, I can't say he doesn't know any better, but he's, he hasn't become jaded by, um, you know, all the media requests and everything. To him, it's still really, really new. And the one thing that he said at the, at the Home Run Derby press conference was that he keeps uh, a, th- a little note on his phone, like a little sticky note that says 172 or 179, whatever he hit last year, just to remind him, you know, you're not always going to be on top of the world, and this game can humble you really quickly. And I think that was a- an interesting thing I th- that just kind of endears him even more to people. Um, he certainly had a-, a-, a nice little coming out party here at the All-Star game. I love it. I love it. Hey, I got one more for you. I mean, we want to talk fantasy football here. But last thing I want to ask you, we talked about this on the last uh, ITL Fantasy Baseball podcast. And I think a lot of people have talked about it. Where do you stand on the home run derby hurting the guys in the second half? Because it feels like that is like that's the most contentious thing. You, you have to be on one side or the other. 
yes, I am. It's a complete myth, complete and utter myth. The reason is when you're picking guys to be in the home run derby contest, you don't pick a guy that has like four home runs in the first half. You're going to get all of the guys that are at the top of the home run leader charts. And most of the time it's impossible if you are, you know, have a, a, a super fast start to be able to maintain that all year. So, of course, you're going, if you're in the home run derby and, and you have all these home runs in the first half of the season, and to be fair, the second half of the season, not as many games as in the first half of the season. So if you're trying to break it down that way, you're going to see, oh, you know, Aaron Judge hit 30 home runs in the first half and only hit 17 in the second half. Oh, the home run derby jinx was, was you know, hit him full. No, <laughs> it's just the fact that he hit an awful lot of home runs, maybe got a few extra that, that he may not have deserved, and then his pace is probably still going to be just fine in the second half, but you don't have as many games, and you inevitably get a little cooler. Uh, it's just you look at for every guy that cooled off, you know, the, for correlation, every Bobby Abreu, not causation. Yeah, for every Bobby Abreu that ended up hitting four or five, or David Wright, I think, you know, hit a few home runs after the after the break and and uh, all of that. There are so many more that are just that go the other way too. And uh, so yeah, it's it's a myth. It's an easy story to write, you know, that sort of thing. It's easy to say, oh look. Here are two examples. I'm right. It's bogus. It's like baseball's version of is Jordan, is LeBron better than Jordan? Like that's what it is right now. It feels like. (laughs) It's just an impossible question to answer. Absolutely. Well, the correlation of the records of all my baseball teams is making me go to the causation of turning my attention towards football, Steve. (laughs) So when we're looking at football, risk is one of the bigger battles uh, fantasy owners face. Are you more of a risk averse guy? Or are you, give me the upside, I want the upside in most of the cases. I'll tell you, in the early rounds, and I think this is probably the most sensible way to do it, you want the safe guys in rounds one, two, and three. Those first few picks have got to produce. You you don't need upside from your first round pick or your second round pick. You just need them to give you, you basically, even if they kind of underperform a little bit, as long as they don't completely tank, that's a decent first-round pick or a second-round pick. You look for the upside in those guys in the you know eight, round seven and eight and nine, where even if you know if they don't produce, that's fine. Somebody else can. A waiver wire pick could be the guy that that comes in and saves your team. So I look for those guys with upside, maybe in the mid to later rounds, and you know even if there's just. We talk about it in baseball a lot. The guys from Baseball HQ, I think, pioneered it. But, you know, you draft skills and not roles in baseball. I think in football it's similar. If you've got a guy who's got some good speed, good hands, or whatever, um, I think you can, if they get a chance, they can produce for you. So I'm definitely going with the solid guys early and then picking and choosing and taking plenty of risks in those later rounds. Does that make you – does that make you go towards running back or wide receiver in the first round, uh, a certain position, maybe wide receivers because they're safer, or running backs because it's safer to draft a really good one? Honestly, it depends on where you are in the first round. Um, I think there are safe running backs. There are safe wide receivers. I think it, where it gets tricky is toward the end of the first round where you don't really know exactly, you know, is Melvin Gordon going to get the same kind of treatment that he got last year? Is he going to score that many touchdowns? Uh, he seems to be relatively safe. 
Um, but is you know is it going to be the same with you know an AJ Green or somebody like that? I mean, they, generally those guys are fairly safe because you know as long as they stay healthy, um, which is the big key. And I think that's part of it too. Injury risk is is something you have to weigh in there as well. Well, okay, so so I mean that's interesting that you say that because I think there's partially that also almost applies like mid second round as well. Like if you're drafting in the top five or six, you kind of get to sit back. And the nice thing about that in the second round is you're going to have kind of two picks close to each other. So I want to, I want to put a poll out here. So uh, super producer, Chris oh. can maybe put out this poll during the break. Uh, but I want to start asking you, Steve, and uh, let's see where we get with this. As far as in your eyes, I want to see if we can identify at least in Steve Gardner's eyes, who is the risky play in the early stages of football drafting. So I've come up with three and if you feel there's a, a better one to say, I want you to say it, Steve. And then we'll put this poll out. We'll see what the audience has to say. Throughout the show, we'll revisit it, and we'll see if we can identify. Here are three that I picked, and we'll okay. see what you have to say. And I've got Leonard Fournette as your running back one, Brandon Cooks as a wide receiver one, Jordan Howard as a running back one, do you have any, Steve? Do you have any to, to add to that? And we've only got like about a minute here. So, uh, you know, do you have any to add and what do you think? And then we'll even revisit a little bit more on the other side. Um, no, I think those are, those are solid choices. And I will, I will go with you on all three of those, that, that those, there's a decent amount of risk there. Um, yeah, let, let's just, for sake of argument, let's, let's stick with those three. I think those are good. Okay, so Leonard Fournette, the rookie running back, it's a big kind of contentious, you know, argument this year. A lot of people see the upside. You've got Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver that goes to New England. Does his value get decimated by the Patriots' amount of weapons? Jordan Howard, he did it one year. Is he going to be able to keep doing it? Well, that's what we're going to have to find yeah. out. We'll see on the other side of this break. What does Steve have to say? What's the riskiest play? Look for the poll. Go search FNTSY Radio. That's where you're going to find it. It's more of In This League coming up on the other side of this break. It's Bogman the Welsh, joined by Steve Gardner. What's up? It's in this league. It's Bogman and the Welsh in the house on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We want to thank all the Fantasy Sports Radio people that have uh, not only you know had us you know put the compilation show we did on, but you know want us to be live. Mike Cardano, Nando, Nando did a great interview with uh, Scott Angle on the uh, Hall of Fame Hour earlier today that you guys should check out. But very happy we are joined by Steve Gardner from USA Today, one of the very, very best, uh, not only minds, but people in the industry. We've had a, our very lucky opportunity to spend some time with Steve in person out here in Arizona and just you know, multitude of times on, uh, on our shows, the podcasts that we do, the ITL Fantasy, whatever, insert sport podcast. But the question we <laughs> asked before the break was the riskiest play. Who is the riskiest play coming into this year as far as uh, Steve Gardner goes? But we put a tweet out, so make sure you're checking out FNTSY Radio because uh, we want to talk about the results throughout the show. What we left with was Leonard Fournette as your running back one, Brandon Cooks as a wide receiver one. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean these guys are being taken in the first round. We're just qualifying this as the position. So Fournette is a RB1, Cooks as a, as a wide receiver one, or Jordan Howard as an RB1. So, Steve, what do you think? I know you got an answer here, so talk to us about what the riskiest play is. Yeah, I think in terms of risk, it, it's no question for me uh, that it's Brandon Cooks as a wide receiver one. I mean, this is the New England Patriots offense. How many of us have, have tried to predict what Bill Belichick is going to do <laughs> on offense, and 
been completely wrong and left holding the bag. I think it's a similar 95% of his opponents. Yeah, that too. And because you can't figure him out. I mean, once you think there's something going on, you know, and, and there's a pattern developing, then all of a sudden something else happens. And, you know, uh, Rob Gronkowski is, is the playmaker in that offense. I think is probably the number one target for Tom Brady when the season starts. Brandon Cook's great. He can stretch the defense. And, yeah, maybe he gives them kind of a, a dimension that they didn't have last season. But the fact is, if the defenses start trying to, to roll up over his way or anything like that, then the Patriots are going to go somewhere else. I mean, they spread it around so well that, I mean, I don't even want to think about what the, the backfield looks like. But um, nevertheless, I think, yeah, Brandon Cooks could, could easily end up with, you know, 55 catches and uh, 950 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, that's, that's not what you want out of a wide receiver one. I think they're, they're so good that they could have any number of players be the star on any given week. So uh, as for the other guys, Jordan Howard is going to get the ball with the Bears. Leonard Fournette is going to get the ball with the Jaguars. And there's nobody else on either of those teams that has even, um, even half of the talent of either one of those as, as running backs. So, yeah, I think they're clear. They're clear RB1s. Cooks, I think he's more of a wide receiver, too. And he'll be the most hated player, by the way. If, if he has what you just said, he will be the most hated fantasy player next season. I absolutely guarantee it. Would this surprise you? Early, early poll voting. Uh, remember, uh, FNTSY Radio, that's the handle to go look for. Leonard Fournette is winning this 55% as the riskiest play right now. Oh, the unknown. I know. Mm-hmm. Fear of the unknown. I maybe, but I mean, they all have different terms of unknown. So make sure you go uh, vote on that poll. We'll kind of check in next hour. We'll also ask Jake Seeley about it. So I want to move to another thing here that you just uh, recently took place in uh, one of the FSTA drafts, which by the way, Steve, maybe you could shed some light on this. I feel sure. Bogman and I, we are like the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We get invited to no reindeer games. What do we need to do <laughs> to become popular? Are, is, every, are, is the industry fattest because Bogman and I are overweight and need to get better? What do is we, that racist we are, against fat people? We're, 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 fattest we're, is? We're, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. What, what should we do, Steve? It. What should uh, we do to get into guys- reindeer games? You, you guys need to, to take the show on the road you know, and, and pop up in, in different localities all over the country, and then you get that groundswell, uh, you know, adding to your already you know, immense popularity. You become <laughs> you know, men of the people. And uh, you know, come take over New York. You know, that's, that's where we're having this draft. Uh, I think the, you know, the ITL podcast could come up there and, and just uh, you know, make themselves known and, and, and become a presence there in New York City. So we just need to invade. We need to be like, uh, yeah, like show the, up. The, the, the NWO. <laughs> we'll just come in and we'll just break, kick some tables down. Or and the it, nation bad guys of domination. Yeah, whatever it is. I, okay. I, well, I'll, I'll put in a good word for you. I don't know how much that'll do. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you guys, you guys come, I think, next year. I don't know where the FSTA uh, conference is where we do the draft there. But we've got, we've got two different leagues, and um, it's, it's one of those meritocracy things where you've got you to gotta win your way up from one league to the next. And, Regular um, Tony Romo we have over here. We'll just Tony Harding somebody. We'll just find someone's legs and we'll take them out. So, <laughs> I, I, all right. I can point out a couple of guys I'd like for you too. So yes, oh, oh I like it. Steve getting the bad guy. I like it. All right, so let's talk about the FSTA draft real quick yep. here. Um, 
your your first pick is a chalk pick. You got Mike Evans, which looks like what was that? The seventh pick? Did you seventh. have seventh pick in yep. the draft? Okay, and a bunch of big names in here. You got Defe- you got uh, Nando, you got Howard, uh, Ray Flowers. I mean, everybody's in this. All the big dogs are in here. Clearly, why we're not in it. And you took Mike Evans in the first. I don't want to go through the whole draft. Obviously, I am interested in your strategy, but your your second two picks were the most interesting to me. Will you talk to me for a minute about your idea behind you took Lamar Miller in the second round and just for for people to know you took Miller over guys like Fournette and Todd yep. Gurley and then you came back around and you took Jordan Reed in the third round where Travis Kelsey had gone in the second round so just you go through maybe your logic on Miller and Reed for me in the second and third sure um uh, Miller you know I, I think he was one of those guys that he needs the ball and and I think Houston is going to be a better offense this year than it was last year. I mean, how, how could it be, uh, you know, a whole lot worse? Um, but I think, you know, at, at that point, this was a, you know, this was several weeks ago, and uh, Fournette, again, uh, as we were talking about in, in the earlier segment, he's going to be the guy there in Jacksonville. I just I worry about the learning curve a little bit, and that's kind of where the difference is with Miller. Um, and, and the thing is, is that the Jaguar, I mean, the uh, the the Texans love to run. They love to run in the red zone. And Miller is a guy that can be, you know, I think can be a 12 to 14 touchdown kind of guy. Um, the thing is, though, is that they did draft Deontay Foreman this year, and I was really trying to back up Miller with Foreman later in the draft and didn't get a chance to do that. So it may turn out that that might not have been the best way to go, but I like Lamar Miller. Um, I had him in a, a couple leagues last year and was a bit of a disappointment, but I still think there are much better days ahead for him, and I think the offense in Houston is going to be better. So that was, that was kind of the, uh, the idea behind that. And then as we're talking about risks, here I go and take a guy that does have injury risk. <laughs> but, you know, Jordan Reed is a guy, I think if he's healthy – I think he's the number one tight end in all of football. Did you plan to do that? Did you come in thinking you were going to take a tight end in the first three rounds? Um, I, I, I felt like if Jordan Reed was available in the third round, I would seriously consider him. And, I mean, there were a couple of guys around that, um, that area uh, in that third round that uh, I looked at and considered, but it just didn't like them as much as I love the upside that Jordan Reed provides. And so that was, that was the pick I think that's going to make or break this team, really. If he can stay healthy, play 12, 13 games, he's going to be a game-breaker. And that's where you know, I was willing to go ahead and say, I'll take that risk for somebody who could be the number one tight end in all of football this year. What about the other running back in Texas? The Ezekiel Elliott has uh, hit the news a lot because at what Adam Schefter said recently that he would be wary to take Ezekiel Elliott uh, early in a fantasy football draft right now because of the uh, ongoing investigation of him. What do you think about Ezekiel Elliott? Are you uh, are you just fine on him? Like nothing's going to bother you because that's kind of how I am. Nothing's going to happen till it happens. Or are you just out on him? I'm I'm terrified. I really do. I think really? the NFL, because of the 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 public image that you know you do not want to be associated with domestic violence. You want to come down hard on anybody that is accused, or you know, even if there's uh, some nebulous circumstances. I think the NFL really uh, feels like it needs to take a stand on this issue, 
and will will not be afraid to go ahead and, and throw the hammer down if there is something, you know, this has been an investigation that has lasted a long time. I mean, we were hearing about this last year, weren't we? I mean, it's the same one, and nothing happened, no, no punishment, and I think that because we're still hearing rumblings about it, that there's got to be something more to it. And at this point, because of how high you have to take Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he's either the first pick, second pick, or third pick, maybe fourth, if you're just going straight drafts and ADPs and all that sort of stuff, if you're, like I was saying earlier, if your number one pick, especially that high in the first round, goes bust, your season could be you know, just torpedoed right there. So, okay, so, so right, right now, gotta, where would you take him? Yeah, I was about to say, because we only got like a minute and a half here, and I want to ask you something really sure. important. So really quickly, if Zeke was there at your seven pick, is it scared you enough? Would you have not taken him? Would you have taken Mike Evans? Let's just say something weird happened, and Evans and Zeke were there at seven. Would you have taken Evans? Um, you know, I've heard a few things since then. I probably would have taken Zeke, but right now, if I had that same choice, I'm taking Mike Evans all day. Oh, man, that's beautiful. All right, wow. uh, tell us real quick, Sports Weekly. You guys are working on the Sports Weekly. It's coming out July 31st. Is that correct? Quick, I think we got about a minute here, so talk to us about that. Sure. It's, it's just the annual uh, fantasy football special issue. We've got um, all of our writers within the, the USA Today Sports Network, um, great folks. Uh, I would love to name everybody, but we don't have that much time. But we're all combining stuff, our, our resources together, rankings, you know, position rankings, average auction values, strategy articles, player capsules, everything. And it's going to be perfectly up to date from what we know Basically, it gets printed and gets sent out, and so everything is, awesome. is up to date. It's going to be on uh, on newsstands, Sports Weekly, Fantasy Football Special Issue, and uh, it'll be out on the 31st of July. All right, USA Today, wait. Steve Gardner, Steve A. Gardner on Twitter. Steve, thank you so much, my man. Thanks, Thanks man. guys. Always a pleasure.